Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma. Now is the time to tackle those simple improvements just before the holiday hordes begin to arrive once again. Things just settled down from Thanksgiving. And now they'll be back. So if you want to get your house ready, you learned your lesson over the first holiday. Now's the time to work it on the next one. Give us a call right now. We will help you through it. The number is 888 888- Money Pit, 888-666-3974. Now, if you have shopped for an appliance lately, you know that whether it's a toaster or TV, you're probably going to be offered the opportunity to buy a quote-unquote extended warranty. Question is, is this an opportunity for you? Or just a way for retailers (laughs) to make a few extra bucks for a service you'll probably never need. We're going to tell you how to decide in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, a new generation of vinyl tile is making this do-it-yourself job easier. But even though they're as popular as ever, success of this project really depends on how they're installed. So we've got this old house contractor, Tom Silva, stopping by to tell us how to do it problem-free. And if carpeting is your cover of choice, you know that measuring can be a bit tricky. If you get it wrong, you could end up paying for way too much carpet, or worse, you could fall short. So we're going to give you a trick of the trade to help you figure out exactly the right amount before you head out to the carpet store. And if you want to shed a little light on any of your home projects, we're giving away a flashlight this hour that any do-it-yourselfer would love. It's a Stanley 3-in-1 tripod flashlight. It's worth about 30 bucks. Going to go out to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question. So let's get right to it. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. All right, now we've got Bob in Oregon on the line who's dealing with a water situation. Tell us what's going on. Well, what happens is that uh, when I turn on the hot water, I get this smell that smells like rotten eggs. Okay. And I'm on a well. Uh, the cold water, I don't get that aroma, but it's just the hot water. And I'm wondering if I should uh, worry or just be inconvenienced. <laughs> I think the cause is the sacrificial anode inside your water heater. Okay. Uh, if that wears out... Uh, That's you such can a get serious ex- name. What, the sacrificial anode? Yes. <laughs> it's supposed to be sacrificial. Uh <laughs> But the sacrificial anode, as it wears out, can lead to this sulfur odor happening inside uh, the water heater itself. Now, how old is your water heater? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, th- I think it's probably in the neighborhood <laughs> of seven or eight years, though. Okay, okay. that's around so the end of its, it's life. Yeah, well, it's really borderline whether or not you want to replace the anode. You may find that it's probably better since it's closer to the end of the life than the beginning of the life, just to replace the water heater. But I suspect that that's what's happening. If okay. you go Google uh, sulfur odor and water heaters, uh, I'm sure you'll find the uh, the multi-page detailed explanation. Uh, but trust me when I say it's inside the water heater and um, it has to do with the anode. And if you uh, replace it, it'll probably go away. But I'm just worried about the cost versus benefit because the water heater is already past uh, its half-life. Tom, should I be alarmed about drinking the water? It is well water, and because it's well water, it should be thoroughly tested. 
Yeah. Uh, and if you've not had that done, you definitely need to do that. No, I haven't. And I live on the coast, and it's been my experience that coastal uh, underground water is worse than it is in a lot of other places. Well, listen, you know, you're living on a dream there, my friend. You, you need to have this tested. We need data to figure out what's going on. So, I mean, it might not be the sulfur that's harmful. There could be some other contaminant in that mm-hmm. water. So I would definitely get the well water tested, and then I would look into replacing the water heater. Does it make sense? I'd been thinking about it, but you, I think you've just given me the boost that I needed. <laughs> All right. Well, get her done, man. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Lyndon, Arizona's got an issue with the stove. Tell us what's going on. I have an electric range, and I had a recent power outage, and when the electric came back on, the top of the range works, the burners, but the oven does not, and the little lighted keypad on top, that does not come on. Mm, That Hmm. doesn't sound good. Sounds like there was a short somewhere. Yeah, it does sound like a problem with the control circuit. I'd be concerned about that. You're getting some burners that work and some that don't. You didn't take it apart like nothing was cleaned or... No, nothing. But the entire top works, all the burners work. So right. because that happened, you know, the outage, I was thinking maybe there's a reset button somewhere. No, no I'm not aware of it. any reset buttons on electric ranges. Okay. So it's yeah. just a short somewhere. I think, that there's, I think there's a problem with the range. Was, there, was it a storm-related thing? Did you have, uh, you know, a lightning or electrical storm that could have uh, caused some damage? No, there was nothing like that. It just huh. went out. And then hmm. after a short while, it came back and on the, again. So the power in the entire house went on. Were you using the range at the same time? No. No, I wasn't mm-hmm. even here. But, yeah, the entire house went that out. That is very strange. I mean, I would start by reaching out to the manufacturer just to see, you know, what the steps might be to repair something like this. Because it could be something that they might service, you know, free of charge or have a recommendation or know of this reset. You know, we had a power outage and I happened to be using the dryer and um, I guess there was a surge, and it completely fried the intri- in the entire dryer because the surge happened while the dryer was in operation, and that was it, dryer in the garbage. You know, there's also an excellent uh, repair site for appliances that has experts and all the parts that you need to fix things. It's called repairclinic.com. They've been around for a long time, a uh, very good site, uh, great information there, and they sell all of the parts that you might need to uh, to make repairs and have the advice to actually install them, too. Okay, well, I'll give them a try. That will right. tell me what I need, I guess. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. This is the holiday festive time of year, guys, and we are here to give you a hand with all of your projects inside and out during this busy season. So give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, have you ever had an appliance totally melt down just as the warranty expires? We're going to have some tips in this season of gift buying to help you sort out whether an extended warranty is worth the extra cash. That's all coming up next. Hey, this is Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and I've just been told that Tom and Leslie might have a dirtier job than me. I find that hard to believe, but then I heard they work in a pit. That's a money pit, but... Still filthy. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. 
To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us at 888-MONEY-PIT because one caller who makes it on the air with their question may win the Stanley 3-in-1 tripod flashlight. You know, this really is a great stocking stuffer idea for pretty much anybody on your list. It's got an ultra-bright, long-lasting LED light and the collapsible tripod. Guys, get this. It not only makes it hand-free, but it's also a breeze to store and it breaks up into three separate flashlights. It's super awesome. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT for your chance to win and check out MoneyPit.com for our holiday gift guide because we've got a ton of great ideas there. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question. And if an appliance is on your holiday shopping list, you might be wondering if buying an extended warranty is worth it. It's a question we hear a lot. Now, the Federal Trade Commission says that millions of consumers pay for protection they don't need. So to keep you from wasting money, you have to do your homework. First, you need to compare the coverage. Know what the basic warranty covers to see if the extended warranty really provides you with enough additional coverage. And secondly, know your appliance. It's important to check its repair reputation. It's easy to do online at sites like Consumer Reports or the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers at aham.org. These sites can tell you how likely it is that the appliance may break down. Mm -hmm. You know, you're also going to want to check for hidden costs in buying that extended warranty, you know, like insurance policies, extended warranties. They often have deductibles for service fees or even cancellation charges. You need to find out whether a technician is going to come to you or if you've got to take in whatever it is to wherever it might be to be serviced. And a repair location might not be exactly around the corner. It could be a bit of a drive. So think about it and ask a lot of questions. If you want some more tips, just Google Money appliance service contracts or pick up the phone and call us right now with your home improvement question the number is 888 money pit josie in pennsylvania needs some help with a flooring project gone awry what happened well um the floor was i had linoleum laid down and it looked real good and over a period of time i waxed it with that floor wax and shine stuff mm-hmm. and after a while the it started looking dingy looking mm-hmm and I just wanted to know how I could clean that up. It stood it stood very well because it wasn't a real expensive linoleum. Okay, and your shorts linoleum, not vinyl. Ah, uh, linoleum. It's linoleum. It's okay. the, it's yes. Because there's two different sort of homespun methods depending on the type of flooring. And for linoleum, if you want to remove some or all of the wax buildup, what you want to do is you're going to need white vinegar, a gallon of it and a cup of cream of tartar. And you want to mix that solution until the cream of tartar is completely dissolved. And then you're going to take a scrub brush and dip it in your solution and apply it to the linoleum floor, you know, sort of gently and kind of in a rotating motion. And you're going to do that until the entire area that you're working on is covered. And then you can sort of scrub behind the areas that you're working on and wipe them up with cleaning towels, you know, like older, you know, bath towels, white is better, but whatever you've got that you use for cleaning. And you dip those in warm water and you don't really keep them very wet. You kind of wring them out just so that they're warm and damp. And then you sort of scrub that floor and that will actually dissolve the old wax. And you might need to go over some areas that have more buildup, you know, just a little bit more thoroughly to get that off. And once you're happy, you know, rinse that floor thoroughly with fresh, clean water and then dry it. 
Oh, wow. It's a lot of work, huh? But I'm it willing is. to do it. it you I mean, need it'll a do the trick, brush. though. Yeah, you need a scrub brush, a large bucket, a gallon of white vinegar, a cup of cream of tartar, and a whole bunch of towels. Okay, very good. Okay, thank you so very much. Right, good You're luck very with welcome, that. Josie. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Alan Florida is on the line with an attic insulation question. How can we help you today? Well, it's a real pleasure to talk with you guys, You're, you experts who provide so much needed advice to your listeners. Thanks. And I have a question for you on uh, insulation for the attic. I want to want to add a little more insulation because through the years, everybody trooping through the attic has kind of uh, stepped on it and, and squashed it down a little bit. Okay. And I have heard of a of a thing called tap insulation. Okay. T A P stands for right. thermal acoustical pest control. Right. It's a it's a treated insulation is what it is. Yes. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. for bug control and also for for uh for fire. Right. Well, my question is 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 that actually better to to have it blown onto my insulation that I have now, my fiberglass? Uh, or should I just have fiberglass reblown on? Well, I mean, I don't know that just adding another layer of this other type of insulation is going to give you the full effectiveness that it's that it promises you. I think the concept for this type of insulation um, is that when you use it for all of your insulation, then you have then you sort get of this all layer of benefits. Of, yeah, you get all the benefits. In your case, since you're just really just adding on, you're supplementing what you have. Mm-hmm. I would just add additional fiberglass in that situation. I think that's a very simple solution, probably the least expensive solution, and I think that's going to that's gonna do it. I mean, is there a reason why you were looking at this tap insulation? Is there a pest issue? Well, no, there's not really a pest issue, but I have, I have a pest control company that comes and takes care of me every year for, for termites yeah. and stuff. And they are the ones around here that actually add this. And the guy, when he uh, went up in the attic recently, he said, ah, oh, we need to blow about 5.8 inches of, of insulation back into your attic to bring you up to an R38. Uh, and if, if we use this, it will do this for you. And I said, okay, cool. He's, he's talking about 1,875 square feet for $1,640. I'm sure it's a good product, but the thing is, all of these pest control operators are looking for things that they can sort of bolt onto their services. They're, <laughs> new, lines of, they're, they're, they're new lines of businesses, okay? They're okay. all going to make a living. Um, but in your case... I don't see any reason to necessarily use a different type of insulation than what you have right now. And one other thing, though, that you get up to $500 tax credit if you use this stuff. Well, you get a tax credit if you use any type of insulation. Oh, okay. I did not know that. That's uh, a um, federally mandated tax credit. So the, the thing about the fire retardant and, and the, uh, the pest control really doesn't matter. Uh, if your house is going to catch on fire, <laughs> the one thin five-inch layer of insulation I don't think is going to... not going to help going to make a big difference. Uh, yeah. uh, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> but All I right. just want to get you guys' opinion because you are the experts and really help us out here. Yeah, well, we're happy to do that and appreciate you listening, and, and I hope it does help you out. Sarah, I was dealing with a storage issue. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. I have a basement storage room that is underneath my garage. Okay. And the ceiling in that storage room is metal. Okay. I have been told it's the metal that actually was put down to pour the garage floor. That would make sense. The metal is rusting badly. Okay. Right. <laughs> so 
so chunks of rusted metal and rust drop down on the things yep. that we have stored. Clearly, yep. that's a problem. That could be a problem. So I'm just thinking I need to, you know, scrape the rust off and put some Rust-Oleum paint or something on it. But I had a contractor guy look at it, and he said he thought moisture is coming down through the garage floor. Well, look, the garage floor is going to be damp, and it's going to be hydroscopic, and so when you get rain in there, and yeah, it's going to come down, and it's going to you know, be against the metal, and you're going to get rust, but I think you were on the right track. I would scrape off as much of the rust as I possibly can. I would use an oil-based primer. I think Rust-Oleum is a good choice. Mm-hmm. A couple of coats of that, then maybe one top coat, and I think you're good to go, and that's just going to be normal maintenance for this from here Type on out. Type of ceiling, yeah. Now, he was suggesting to me that I get my garage floor sealed mm-hmm. so that moisture can no longer go down through. And I well, was you're always going to have some level of moisture in there, Sarah, but if you want to paint your garage floor with a, a good quality epoxy paint, mm-hmm. then you know, like that one will of those help kits. as well. Do you think that would reduce the chance of the rust coming back? Maybe a little bit, but I think it's not been ever painted before, and it's probably a number of years old now, so this is pretty much normal wear and tear. I wouldn't panic over this. This is a pretty straightforward project. Okay. Well, I hope that works because it's a mess. Be confident, Sarah. <laughs> it will work. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. John in New York is dealing with some hard water stains. Tell us what's going on. I got some hard water stains in my toilet bowl, and I get rid of them, and they come back. Okay. Well, that's because you're not correcting the hard water situation. <laughs> you're just, you know, cleaning the evidence right. of one. Exactly. Yeah, I'm basically renting, so... Yeah. All right, well, because you can't put any money into the solving the problem, you're going to end up putting money into to a hard water toilet bowl cleaners, <laughs> okay? Because the solution is uh, to deal with the hard water. And um, there's a couple of ways to do that, but it's not the kind of thing that a renter would do because it requires an investment in the plumbing system of the home itself. Right. How about CLR? Have you tried that? That seems to work pretty well as a cleaner. Calcium lime rust remover? Yeah, I seen a commercial for that the other day. Does that work pretty yeah, good? Yeah, that's a good that's a good thing. It works pretty well and it should make it somewhat manageable. Okay. All I'll right. Try that. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Does the thought of laying a new floor make your back and your wallet ache? Well, we're going to tell you why the very affordable vinyl tiles are making a comeback as a darling of the do-it-yourself world after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home, call in 888-MONEY-PIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, how many of you are sweating just because you don't have your holiday shopping finished or perhaps even started yet? Well, (laughs) don't panic. I'm talking to you, my husband. I know you haven't started shopping. And pretty much every other dude out there. Don't panic, guys. Seriously, just check out MoneyPit.com. We've got tips and tricks of shopping online. Just search Shopping for Bargains online, and you won't have to leave your home to finish or start your shopping. (laughs) Yeah, and while you're there, check out our Home Improvement Holiday Gift Guide for some great suggestions on gifts for the DIYers on your shopping list. 
Well, a new tile backsplash can really wake up a tired kitchen. Or what about a tub surround that really just wows with every soak? Tiling projects are not that difficult, and they really can deliver instant appeal in your home. Well, that's right. But with the variety of adhesives to choose from, it can be tough to know which works best for your particular project. Here to tell us how to choose is this old house general contractor, Tom Silva. Welcome, Tommy. And the products that are available today are actually making this process a lot easier than it used to be, aren't oh, they? Yeah, it's a big difference today. They have uh, all kinds of thinset mortar. They have uh, mastic. They have all kinds of different things. And they have additives that go with them, too, to give them a lot more adhesive and a lot more flexibility, too. Well, and I think there's a lot of confusion as to the type of adhesives and when to use which one where. So how do you know where to start in selecting the adhesive for your project? Well, you got to think about what you're going to be doing. If you're going to be doing a floor, let's say you're going to be using like a exterior tile, for example. Okay. Then you'd want to use a thin set mortar. There's not a lot of flexibility in it, so it doesn't move with the floor. So if you're going over a floor that has some flex in it, like a wood floor, mm-hmm. the subfloor isn't strong enough, there's deflection between it, then you probably don't want to be using a thin set mortar because what's going to happen, the tile is going to break away from the adhesion over time. And we get calls on that all the time where folks are complaining about a couple of loose tiles. And the problem is that, you know, even if you pop those up and fix it, it's just a, the beginning of what could be a long line of that happening over and over again. Absolutely. But another mistake that people make when using a thin set uh, mortar or any, almost any kind of adhesive is they put too much on and they wait too long before they cover it. So what happens is the air dries the surface. Although you still feel soft, it's skinned over. Mm-hmm. So that adhesive that you're applying the, the tile to isn't going to hold. It's only sticking to one side at exactly, that point. Exactly, exactly. Now, when it comes to thin set, you can get the dry powdered type, which is a fair amount of work to mix, or the stuff that's already pre-mixed itself. Do you have a preference on that? Well, I mainly use the dry powder because I have the tools to mix it. Mm -hmm. I have the buckets and the quantity so I can mix up just what I need. Uh, The pre-mixed thinset stuff, I must say, works pretty good. It it works great. I mean, if you need a little bit or a lot, you you can get it that way. It is a little more money than the dry powder, though. I'm basically cheap. I'm a Yankee. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when it comes to mastic, that's really the best application if you're doing a wall tiling project, correct? A wall tiling like uh, Backsplash or something like that works great, yeah. It's flexible. uh, It goes on quick. It's easy to clean up. When you put the tiles on, they're going to stay stuck pretty much when you use the organic mastic? Yeah, it dries quick. So yeah. and you can usually grout the same day too, which Well, that nice. saves a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Now, what about uh, brick mortar? That's a very very coarse type of mortar compared to the thin set. What do you use that for? Well, the sand is thicker or sometimes there's even like a small pebble in there. Right. And that's more or less for setting brick or a real thick tile. Like if you're going to do a slate floor and you need really some... Or some, like a Mexican tile or something yeah, like that. Yeah, anything like that that needs a, like a we've set tile that we needed like a one by one. You know, most of the time you see a, like a 16th or a quarter by quarter. Mm-hmm. Well, we've actually had to make a trial where we set one by one and we've used a, a real thick a thin set with that. You know, I think it's interesting. We all spend so much time picking out the appropriate tile, but we really need to make sure we pick out the appropriate mastic too. Mastic and tool. And I think a lot of times people just interchange the words. Mastic, you know, 
thin set, they sort of interchange them without realizing they're two very distinct products exactly. for two very different projects. Or they call it a generic when it's really not a generic. Right. But they all better stick, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> Now, what about epoxy thin set? I think that's sort of the last category when it comes to adhesives. Where is that best used? In areas where you want that sucker to really hold well. Can I say sucker? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. You want that sucker to really hold well, and you want it to set up quick. Mm-hmm. Epoxies uh, do work fine, but you've got to work fast for it. Now, work is the theme throughout this entire discussion, but there is actually a new product on the market that it comes in a matte format mm-hmm. that uh, glues tiles, and we've actually used it on countertops ourselves, and it's called a Bondera Tile Matte Set. Have you seen this stuff? I have done, and I've used it. And you can actually use it in wet areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. They actually, But you have to tape the seams. So you put the you put this basically it's a roll it's like uh, two face it's, it's like super a two-face sticky tape. yeah two face tape you roll it out on the wall once it's in place you peel off the face and you put your tile right on it and you can grout it the same day we were doing the backsplash and the counter and the countertop sort of face for a project with the AARP, Tom and I. And I was putting all of the um, Bandera on the backsplash, the counter, and the facing. And I had to go and, get Leslie off the backsplash. And I would, like, peel it all <laughs> off, and then my belt would get stuck, and I was, like, stuck across the top. And I was like, all right, this is awesomely sticky, but I need to figure out a better process because I was literally stuck in place. All this time I thought you were coordinated. No, not that coordinated. But it's funny. We found out, you know, later that I was actually pregnant on that project, so no wonder why. I was such a doof. But uh, the Bondera had nothing to do with it. No, 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 no. It's good stuff, though. I mean, it comes in a roll. You can with the adhesive, you can peel off both sides, stick it to the wall, and stick your tile. And again, it's a situation where you can grout same day, right yeah. away. We did an axe project with it, where I basically did a backsplash uh, in a town local from here, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Roll it on the wall, stick the tile, and it even has sort of a grid laid out on it, so it helps with cutting and laying out your tiles if you're trying to do something a little bit more detailed and make sure everything square. We did an Ask This Old House project using that, and it was great. So bottom line, take some time choosing that tile, but even take just as much time choosing the uh, the adhesive, whatever it might be. You want to get it right, otherwise you're going to be trying to do that job again and again and again mm-hmm. as time mm-hmm. goes on. Mm-hmm. Tom Silva from TV's This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. My pleasure. Alright, you can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For your local listings and some great step-by-step videos on projects that you can tackle, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by Home Depot. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. Up next, one easy way to waste a boatload of money is to measure incorrectly when you're buying new wall-to-wall carpet. We're going to tell you a surefire way to get it right after this. You live in a money pit. Brought to you by Skill. And now you can easily cut through the most difficult projects with ease with a power cutter from Skill. With powerful lithium ion technology and an auto sharp blade system, Skill's lightweight power cutter will soon become your favorite tool too. The Skill Power Cutter. It cuts just about anything. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. 
Hey, give us a call with your home improvement question at 888-MONEY-PIT because one lucky caller this hour is going to get a nifty device from Stanley. It's a three-in-one tripod flashlight that stands on its own, so no more having to ask somebody, hey, can you hold this light for me? Especially when no one wants to help you with the project. But with this awesome flashlight, you can actually do it yourself. And it's also got three flashlights that you can use separately or combine them for one super powerful LED light. It's a fantastic gift idea for just about anyone on your list. And you can check it out on our holiday gift guide at moneypit.com. And we've got a ton of great ideas on that list for you. But give us a call now at 888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Well, we find that almost all DIYers love to talk about their home improvement projects, whether it's sharing tips, sharing horror stories, or getting advice. And one great place to do that is HomeTalk.com. It's an online community of regular folks and pros that Leslie and I are happy to say we're joining the site as featured panelists. That's right. We're kicking it off this week with a little tip on how to best measure how much carpet you need. Now, the the rule of thumb is to multiply length times width and divide it by eight to get the yardage. Now, you may wonder why eight when there's really nine square feet in a square yard. Well, that's going to allow you for the waste. So you divide by eight and not nine. Also, keep in mind, most carpets come in 12 foot width. So if your room is wider than 12 feet, you're going to have to plan where the seam's going to be or perhaps try to find a wider carpet. Now, if you do need to have a seam in the room, you want to avoid having it in the middle of a traffic pattern or down the center of the room. Carpet yardage for hallways and the landings is calculated by doing the math. But for stairs, you want to count one full yard for every step and you'll be good to go. Now, if you have a home improvement question for us, hometalk.com is another great place to post it because you'll get help not only from us, but for lots of other home improvement experts as well that hang out at hometalk.com. All right, Bill's on the line with an electrical question about a three-way switch. Tell us what's going on. Well, I um, replaced some some switches in my kitchen. I had three-way switches, mm-hmm. and now I can't get it to work properly. I've got, <laughs> you know, I can turn, if I turn them both on, they'll, it'll come on. I can turn it off at either location then, but it won't work like it's supposed to work, you know. I can't yeah. exit from either door and turn it off or on. Yeah, well, I mean, somewhere you put the wires back a different way than when you took them off, didn't you? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. You Can't know, figure it, it out. doing electrical work is is not a DIY project. However, if you go wire for wire, then you know you can sometimes get away with it. But I can't diagnose it from uh, you know from my location uh, to yours as good as we are. I can't tell you which wire you got wrong. But the behavior that you describe indicates that something is wired backwards. Right. And, you know, it shouldn't be difficult to figure out where it is. Did you change the lights, too, or just the switches? Only the switches. Only yeah, the just switches. put some modern, updated switches in my kitchen. And right. um, didn't get it wired back correctly. Yeah. Are they dimmers, or are they just regular switches? No, they're just regular switches. Just three-way switches. Yep. Yeah, well, I think you have uh, two of the power lines reversed. I I can't tell you which ones, and I can't tell you which switch, but if you did it on one side, it could affect the whole thing. So you think if I go in and change just the power lines on the switch? Nah, I don't want you to do it, because I, I can't tell you exactly what to do. 
you know, you need to get somebody that does this all the time to take a look at it for you, or you need to bite the bullet and call an electrician and swallow your pride and get it fixed. Sad but true. It was worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bill. I one thing I won't diagnose from afar is electrical work. But uh, it's probably a pretty simple mistake, and, uh, you know, you know what you might want to do? Think about anything else that's uh, small in electrical improvements or repairs that you have to do at the same time because it's probably not going to take them more than a couple of minutes to fix this, and you could probably use the service call to do a once-over on anything else that you need fixing, needs fixing yeah, inside the house. It's such a small problem. We had an electrician in, gosh, just several months ago and had him fix some other things and didn't even think about it when he was here. Yep. Ah, see I won't that? forget it again. Make your list. Get them back. Thanks so much. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, strange odors lurking in your home. We're going to tell you how to get rid of those household odors and keep your home smelling fresh all season long. Next. The Money Pit is presented by HomeTalk.com. Join Tom and Leslie on HomeTalk.com and log on to become part of the community of folks who love taking care of their homes at HomeTalk.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, are you all sealed up for the winter yet? Well, drafts this time of year can cost you a small fortune in your heating bills. Why not go to our website at moneypit.com and search ceiling drafts, and we're going to give you some tips on keeping that cold air out and that expensive warm air in. That's right. And while you're at MoneyPit.com, if you've got a home improvement question, you know you can call us 24-7 888-MONEYPIT. But the other option is to post it at MoneyPit.com. And Maya in Connecticut did just that. She says, I bought my house a year ago and it had a funny odor, which I attributed to the old carpets, and it needed to be painted. I've since removed the old carpets, painted, cleaned, and it still has that funny odor I cannot pinpoint any ideas the house was built in the 1950s if that matters yeah well you know maya 1953 was an exceptionally stinky year for homes right John? <laughs> <laughs> that's right well actually the 50s is a really good time to buy a house that was built in that era because the quality of lumber was great they had copper plumbing they had hardwood floors so you probably have a good house there i will say and i'm not sure if you're living in this house yet at this point or you're still in the renovation stage but once the heating system kicks on through the first winter the return air duct starts to pull air and circulate it around it will tend to dry everything out because the dampness tends to bring those odors um, out of everything oh my gosh it really does now the other thing that you could do is you could use a product like citrus magic that is a phenomenal air freshener uh, it comes in a spray or in a solid and you don't really notice it but it kills the odors yeah, and it truly does kill the odors. It doesn't cover anything up. So that's a good option. But, Tom, you know, I, I wonder if it has anything to do with the sinks, perhaps not being used. You've got a dried trap. You know, these are some options that can cause mystery odors in a home. So since you're just moving in, you might be correcting this as you're using things more often, Maya. Yeah, that's a good point, because sometimes you get like a biofilm that sticks to the inside of the traps 
of sinks in bathrooms and kitchens. And so if you find it's particularly stinky in those areas, what you might need to do is actually get a scrub brush, perhaps even take the trap apart and clean that out. Those are all sort of the hidden places where odors uh, can form inside your house. So we hope that one of those solutions uh, will work for you, Maya, and congratulations on that new house. Up next, we've got H in Colorado who says, my old kitchen carpet needs to be removed. Uh, it will be replaced with vinyl plank flooring. Can you tell me how to remove the old glue in a way that's not totally toxic as it's 20 degrees here in the mountains? <laughs> open air ventilation is difficult. <laughs> well, old kitchen carpet, if it's uh, indoor outdoor carpet that was glued down, yeah, you do have glue to remove. And there are a fair number of very non-toxic orange-based or citrus-based glue removers right now that work for something like that. Um, I will say that even if it works and works well, it's a boatload of work, H, so you might want to wait until the summer and you've got plenty of time uh, to tackle that project. Now, since you are replacing this with vinyl plank flooring... Do you even need to get that all up? Well, I was going to say that the vinyl plank flooring is fairly unforgiving for inconsistencies in the floor. So what you might want to do is get as much out as you can, but then put a layer of underlayment down, just thin quarter-inch Luan plywood uh, might just be the simplest solution here. And then you can lay the vinyl plank on top of that. If you use laminate floor or engineered hardwood, then um, you may not have to put any underlayment. You can go right on top of the old surface, even if it's a bit uneven. Mm -hmm. Just make sure, H, that if you're putting this underneath or you've got a dishwasher in there, that you pull the dishwasher out, put the new flooring underneath, adjust the legs. Don't butt up the flooring to the appliance because you'll never get it out and it becomes a huge problem. But good luck with that project. That's going to be great. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The show continues online right now at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a money pit. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.